Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Outlook by Brooke. So I want to share a little story with you guys today. As you guys know, I've been home um, just because I wasn't feeling that great this week. You know, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't spreading anything. I didn't go get tested for flu or or COVID, but um, definitely seemed like it could be something viral. So I just stayed home. So I had plenty of time to do lots of research, which has been great. Um, and I've also had time to do some catching up on different episodes of things that me and my husband like to watch. Well, I'm sitting here like scrolling through Telegram and scrolling through, you know, my different avenues of, you know, like the DEF CON monitoring system and stuff like that. And this commercial on... Um, on Hulu, it caught my attention just out of the blue because I heard the name Les Wexner. Now, those of you that don't know who that is, um, he created Victoria's Secret. And the promo, it pretty much went from like, um, this documentary is going to be about Lex Wexner. And, you know, he created Victoria's Secret. He is, you know... changed like the shopping game made people want to spend money blah 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 and then it took a more ominous turn talking about um this is a story that was never meant to be shared now for those of you that aren't aware les was friends with epstein and he was also friends with um What's his name? That ran the Playboy Mansion. Why can't I think of that? Okay, well, anyways, y'all know who I'm talking about. And I think with all of these Epstein files not being quite public yet, I think that maybe we're going to see a lot of disclosure on the different people that are in the files before we actually get the confirmation that they were in those files, in those flights, and how often they visited So that is a documentary that I will be interested to see when it comes out. And I think it's another, just more proof that white hats are in control because if they weren't, there's no way that the elites or the deep state would allow a um, very uh, exploiting (laughs) documentary to be shown to the world or to to the subscribers of Hulu. So whenever I do watch that, I will report back to y'all. But <clears throat> just found that super funny, very interesting. Um, now, you know, we had a lot of people resign here and there and here and there and then again and again. It's been very interesting to see because I guess the way I thought it would happen is like one would, you know, step down here. And then, like, a week or two later, another one would step down. A month later, another one would step down. But it's been, like, back to back to back, which is fine by me. It's kind of exciting. It feels like we're kind of on a snowball effect, you know, just rolling and rolling and becoming bigger. But so we actually had the Estonian prime minister resign. And uh, that was today. So that is another one to add to the list. Uh, This list is ever-growing, and I'm super excited. 
Another thing I want to point out to y'all is um, Biden is meeting with um, the Saudi Arabian prince today, okay? Ben Salman. And for those of you that don't know, um, I'm going to give y'all a little backstory, okay? So while Trump was in office and while he was meeting all the different people from the countries, he had a lot of talks like, um, hey, you know, uh, I need you to understand that I know that your country has a lot of adrenochrome factories and that you're manufacturing this and that you're doing that and that you have, you know, all these different things. And uh, I know that you as a prime minister or president are aware of that or have participated in that. And you can either join my team and help me clean this out, or I can expose you to the whole world, including your citizens, and they will quite literally take your life, probably, most likely, take your life. And I believe that's that's probably in a more gentle way, maybe depending on who he was talking to, but I believe that's how a lot of the conversations went around the world. So he began making uh, some friends here and there, and a lot of people chose to stay deep state, and some people chose to flip. Well, Ben Salman, he and Trump have a good relationship. So back in the day um, when we had that Mandalay Bay shooting, that um, that. There was one specific floor of that hotel, and I think it was owned. It was owned by somebody very um, important, like maybe the Clintons. I don't know, but I do remember that he was supposed to stay there on that floor, and it was a setup for his assassination. So I'm um, like um, almost in a sense where if the the shooting happened at the same time as the Mandalay Bay shooting on to, what was it, a Jason Aldean concert, that it would be um, a good way to cover up the whole situation and quietly, you know, do what they needed to do with Ben Salman. However, Trump had other plans. This was his way of getting to Ben Salman. He actually had him flown, I think, to the White House, showed him all the proof that he was supposed to be assassinated that day at that time, and that Trump actually saved his life by having him flown to the White House to meet him last minute. So ever since then, they've had really good relations um, because Ben Salman is very, very, um, very thankful. And from what I understand, Ben Salman is also very different than a lot of the prince and princes and royalty of Saudi Arabia. Um, a lot of them wanted to take his life as well. So he is another one that is white hat and heavily protected. And so with the background of this knowledge about Trump and Ben Salman's relationship, I think it's, um, I would love to be a fly on the wall in this meeting with Joe Biden or whoever's under that mask. <laughs> I think it's going to be very interesting and I can only imagine what Ben Salman is thinking this entire day in his meeting with Biden. So, fun little story for y'all. Hope y'all enjoyed that. And we'll move on to some actual notes. 
So um, Florida is passing a term limits convention. It says the Florida legislature made history. It is the first nation to make the call for term limits convention to term limit Congress. When 34 states have signed on, we can finally take back Congress from career politicians. So that is exciting. Um, I personally think that there should be very specific rules set for politicians. It is a good um, career if you are doing what you care about and, you know, like the people, doing what's best for the people and people of all different backgrounds, okay? Like in, in Greece, okay, they would they would use their little system of whatever their con- – they had this Congress of sorts, okay? They would pull randomly – and for however long that term was, it didn't matter if you were a town drunk, um, a doctor, a farmer, um, a hobo. If you were called to serve, you had to serve your you had to serve in that Congress. So it really made people have to be educated on what was going on. It made people have to be involved, and it also was a way of getting ideas from every social part of, you know, it wasn't just like the middle class or the upper class or the lower class. It was just a combination of everybody. So term limits could be a good thing. I don't necessarily, I'm not saying that I want like all of the homeless people to run our, um, our government. (laughs) I'm not saying that I want politicians to run our government or doctors to run our government. I'm saying I think that if we had term limits, we would have different people with different mindsets, different ideas, um, and then it would allow more people to be involved in politics instead of a handful always having the power. So kudos to you, Florida. That is phenomenal. Um, Another person that is out and up on the radar is... Eric Weinberg. So he was the writer and co-producer of Scrubs in Californication. And he is now arrested because he has multiple rape charges. So once again, we're seeing more disclosure. um, Obviously on a different level. He's not quite got a documentary on Hulu like Les. But still, it's disclosure and we're getting a little closer and a little closer. We're inching, inching in, inching into the storm. I don't believe we're in the storm yet, but um, I did see that the U.S. killed um, leader, one of the leaders of the ISIS. I would probably not be able to pronounce his name, but I'll spell it for y'all. <laughs> it's M-A-H-E-R-A-L-A-G-L. So maybe Mahar Agal, Al, Al-Agal? I don't know. Anyways, they took him out um, yesterday, I think it was. Let's see. No, on the 12th. Sorry. And so now that is finally public knowledge. Um, also, Hawaii came out and said that Honolulu had like 90,000 imaginary votes. And um, that they had like. 80,000 voters that were 
like dead deceased people voting. It's crazy how people come back from the dead to vote, right? It's just, <laughs> that is something. But it's good because it's time to clean up our voter rolls and like really for the future of our country and setting examples for other countries or maybe they can set an example for us how to correctly implement voting because we should be a democratic republic. And that means that everybody's vote should count. But if they're stealing votes or making votes or people are rising from the dead to vote or people are crossing countries to vote, then how much are our votes really counting, right? I've always been one to say you can get out and vote or you can just shut your mouth and not complain. And I've always been pro-vote. I will always go out and vote, but I want to make sure that my vote is counted. So... Uh, I want to encourage y'all, you know, come midterms, go out and vote. That way that you can say you exercise your rights, um, your privileges as an American citizen, and that you did your part to make your voice heard because there are people that that is all that they have to offer um, as far as like being in the political realm, okay? Not everybody can run for office. Not everybody can do um, citizen journalism or podcasting or um, run a telegram channel. Um, So for some people, just voting is their one thing that they do that affects the politics of our world or should affect the politics of our world. So you guys take that chance, do what you have to do, go vote whenever it is your turn. And um, just, you know, pray while you're there that, you know, the, the, your vote's going to count, that things are going to get cleared up, because I believe that they will. I mean, it's, it's a work in progress when you, when you, how should I put this? When you're trying to create something better, you have to tear down to the foundation and restart and rebuild. Now, I don't know if you guys have really looked into um, the DOD Law of War manual or the devolution uh, continuity of government, but that speaks about kind of the same stuff as well. And if you look at it, everything that we're going through globally actually lines up with, on, on a lot of levels, both of those, um, both of those things. Now, I have looked a a good bit into both, and it seems like um, a lot, it's not just America that is going through devolution. And so for y'all that don't know devolution, it's like if a country is taken over foreign or domestic, what is the right way to get it back? What's What's the correct way so that you don't have to answer to a world court for war crimes, for, like, just going rogue and taking over a country. That's just a little short synopsis of it. Um, Another thing is, uh, I was watching a video, and it made a lot of sense. I guess I I, I thought about this when we are having the whole shipping container stuck in the ocean kind of issue, but um, Trump had signed an executive order, and it was, it was speaking of the election interference. So if any country had tampered with our election, then 
there would be tariffs, embargoes, whatever, you know, boy, basically boycotting that country for a period of time. And there were several countries. So, you see, as for a period of time, the trade was changed in a lot of ways because of the election interference, it crumbled a lot of economies, including our own. But let's be honest, the whole world needed to go through this anyways so that we could get to Nasara Jasara. This whole plan is just working beautifully. I've also seen a lot of um, more things in the mainstream media here lately about like bombs and nukes and how to protect yourself and and what would it look like and and are we set up and would our commander in chief how much time does he have does he have 15 minutes does he have 12 minutes like it's just just the whole spectrum of it so it just you know they have to tell you their plan before they get to it kind of a thing they're prepping our minds for this pop like Cuban Missile Crisis type event, okay? This nuclear scare event. They're prepping us. They're getting our fear pre-prepped, pre-ready. That way we're not, like, shell-shocked and all, like, taking Xanax and whatever. <laughs> um, so I can see the plan coming together. I hope that you guys can, too. And it's so weird because there's so many different parts to this plan, There's the financial part, there's the war part, there's the government part, there's the economic part, there's the civilian part, there's the military part, there's, you know, the rescuing children from dumbs and getting them the medical attention part. Um, And then also, like, getting drugs out of countries part. You know, with Saudi Arabia, I think, or was it Afghanistan? One of them burned, like, all of their poppy fields, which is, you know, for heroin, And that's amazing in itself. But it's just, there's so many parts to this plan globally. And when you sit back and you look at it, and like how many CEOs have stepped down, we talked about on the Cult of Conspiracy about six months ago. Now we're sitting here talking about how many prime ministers and presidents have stepped down. Do you you guys see the way that like we're evolving closer and closer and closer till we get to the main part of the storm. Now, after the storm comes on this nuclear scare event, we get past the EBS and we get into Nassar, Jasara and all that good stuff. It's going to take time. It's not going to be an immediate like, oh, Trump's back. Um, Nassar, Jasara is here. We're on the gold standard. Everything's good now. Trade's perfect. Economy's running great. It's going to take time to build back what was broken. (laughs) <laughs> and that, honestly, that maybe that should be Biden's um, slogan, build back broken. Uh, it certainly would fit the description a little bit more of what he has done as a president. But um, I just hope that you guys are seeing like the grand picture and like how we're moving from one phase to another to another and how we're evolving and how we're learning as much as the next person to us and Unfortunately, some people are literally going to have to be shaken to wake up, but it's okay because at one point they're going to have to. <laughs> now, of course, as always, follow me on Truth Social at Brooke Petrie. Feel free to share my podcast with friends and family, and I will speak to y'all soon.